Good morning, Charles County. Welcome to Cat Presents, a morning cup of advocacy. My name's Erica. And I'm Nicole. And we want to start, as usual, with some updates. And I know we tell you every week, but we got to say it again. We are still open to receive donations, as we always are. We have, um, we're taking mask donations. We're taking hand sanitizer donations. We actually had a call yesterday. Someone wanted to donate an old cell phone. So we're excited about that and monetary donations. Yep. We also um, yesterday got a call about somebody wanting to donate um, masks and gloves too. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And um, the Amazon smile thing is still going on too. Yes. And you can now actually use that. If you use Amazon as the app, you can actually download that and use Amazon smile through that. If that makes awesome. sense. <laughs> it does. And we, we always will guide you to the website if you want more information on that. Yes. And um, as of the date that this episode is coming out, our office is open for staff and for appointment only if you're a client. Mm -hmm. So um, should you have an appointment with us, make sure that you call us from the parking lot once you're here. We're trying to make sure that our lobby has the smallest amount of traffic possible. So we're safe and you're safe. Exactly. And um, while we're on the topic of reminders and whatnot, we have our 5K, our first ever 5K. That has been moved to October 24th, still at the Indian Head Rail Trail at the White Plains entrance, still at the same time. So if you want to sign up for that, you can check our Facebook page or go to active.com to search for that event. And my last update, which I'm really excited about, because you know, it's June. And what is June? But National Pride Month. Yes. And we wanted to celebrate National Pride Month by giving you some um, statistics for the LGBTQ plus community, especially as it relates to domestic violence and sexual assault. Um, so as always, we're going to throw you several statistics um, and we wouldn't do it if we didn't think that it was important. Uh, so the first one is 43.8% of lesbian women and 61.1% of bisexual women have experienced rape, physical, uh, physical violence, and or stalking by an intimate partner. And that's a big percent, especially if, like, because as we all know, the LGBTQ plus community is a very strong community, and they are small within the giant, like, the big communities. So that's a pretty big number. Um, and then only 26% of men called the police for assistance after experiencing nearly lethal violence. So only Goodness. 26, right? <laughs> I mean, to put that into a fraction, mm -hmm. if you're talking 25%, that's a quarter. Yeah. A quarter of those situations. And that's with near lethal violence. So almost death violence, only a quarter of the men who are experiencing this have called. Um, and then, Goodness. right? Like that's just, it's a really rough number. And then only 5% of LGBTQ plus survivors sought a protective order in 2012. 
We have seen an increase since 2012, but it's still a very, very small margin. And um, something that we'll get to toward the end of the episode, um, resources that people in the LGBTQ plus community can reach out to. Um, Mm -hmm. We do have PFLAG in Leonardtown, which does serve all of Southern Maryland. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll reiterate that and tell you a bit more about them toward the end of the episode. But we just want to let you know that locally there are some resources we can point you to. But um, back on the statistics, bisexual victims are more likely to experience sexual violence. LGBTQ plus um, Amer- African-American victims are more likely to experience physical intimate partner violence, whereas white LGBTQ plus victims are more likely to experience sexual violence. That, that's, that's a mouthful, crazy. but yes, yeah. That is a mouthful, um, but that's a pretty crazy statistic. Yep. And um, let's see, sorry, I'm having a hard time reading today, I swear. Um, <laughs> and 45, we have some statistics. <laughs> 45% of victims do not report to the police for fear of the police not believing them. Yeah, and that could be also why um, in the statistic that I said a little bit ago, only 26% of men called the police. And so that could be why as well, too. Um, because if you have a fear of the police or if you have a fear that the police aren't going to believe you or even protect you, I think that that plays a lot of factor, especially in this community. And that can have a massive impact on how you react to trauma. Mm-hmm. If you feel like mm-hmm. your resources are limited and you don't have many places to go. Yep. I agree with you. Um, and so next we wanted to talk about um, some of the tactics used by aggressors that are specific to this community. Uh, So a lot of the tactics are very similar. So you have the intimidation and the isolation. Um, So a lot of the things that we have talked about previously of warning signs and tactics play out here too. So I'm just going to highlight some of the ones that are specific and unique to this community. Um, So threatening to out someone's sexuality or even outing someone's sexuality So if somebody isn't out to the public or even the community yet or their family, friends, uh, the aggressor can use that as a tactic um, to continue that behavior Um, or even telling the victim no one will help them because they are LGBTQ plus or even justifying the abuse by stating the victim is not really LGBTQ plus. Um, So just to kind of clarify that one. So if you have, um, you're with another LGBTQ plus community member and you yourself are bisexual, that Mm -hmm. abuser can, or aggressor, I'm sorry, can come in and say, oh, well, you like both races, you're not, or um, sexualities, you're not really LGBTQ um you just don't know no that that is a big problem within within that community too is Mm -hmm. if um if someone is bisexual but they're in a heteronormative relationship it can be assumed that that person isn't really a part of that community when 
gender is fluid. Exactly. <laughs> and um, sexual preference can be pretty fluid too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All, and if you think about it, all of that can be pretty fluid. Um, like with gender identity, gender expression, all of that um, can be pretty fluid. So yeah, and uh, we'll also make sure that we throw in some resources in this episode description if anyone wanted to know more about how to define things like that. Because mm-hmm. I know myself have um, struggled to kind of understand that because I do tend to get gender identity and gender expression mixed up a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe we can throw up this cute little graphic um, that I, I have in my ask, office. Can we, can we bring up the gender unicorn? Because it's fantastic. Yes, the gender unicorn is my favorite, um, and we will throw that link up there, but it can be found at um, transstudent.org slash gender, Um, but the gender unicorn is by far my favorite, and that actually has helped me understand gender identity versus gender expression. And um, a quick thank you to the people over at MCASA who gave us a wonderful training a few months back. That's where we learned about the gender unicorn. Yep. <laughs> um, and one of the, not one of the last statistics, but one of them that I thought that was pretty important um, for a tactic used is stating that the violence is mutual or even consensual is something that is pretty specific to this community. Mm-hmm. And as far as... um unique elements of abuse within the LGBTQ plus community. Outing someone or threatening to out, as we brought up in the last set of statistics, Mm -hmm. um, prior experiences of physical or psychological trauma, like bullying or hate crimes, making it less likely for that person to seek the help they need. Mm -hmm. And finally, and this has a, a bit of, a bit more information Transgender intimate partner violence. Some things that happen sometimes, um, the aggressor will use offensive pronouns like it to refer to their partner. Mm -hmm. Um, They will ridicule the partner's body or appearance or tell the partner that they are not a real man or woman. And it's sad, but that is something that does happen. And members of this community might be denied services due to homophobia, transphobia, transphobia or biphobia. Yeah. And I think that that's something that all of us as a community need to understand that that is a huge reason that some people are denied services to this day is because of homophobia, transphobia, and biphobia. Um, And it's something that we all need to come together and try and fix to make everybody feel comfortable. Yeah. And before we get into the barriers to services and whatnot, we just want to say that, again, and I know this is something that we spoke about last episode, but at CAP, we want to be here for everyone who needs our help. Mm -hmm. So um, I know in the past few months, I've been working with PFLAG Leonardtown to see if maybe CAP could have some representation at their events too. So know that we are in talks with them. Yeah, and also know that we are trying to make, because we are 
a very inclusive center here and we are trying to update some of our resources and some of our paperwork to be much more inclusive than we have been before. Because even just looking at some of our paperwork, um, Erica and I were like, oh, some of this wording isn't very inclusive. And so we actually fixed some of that and added proper pronouns and things like that into our paperwork. Yeah, and it's amazing the difference that can make to someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, okay, so let's jump into some of the barriers to services that people in the LGBTQ plus community um, may or have run into. Um, so societal beliefs that domestic violence does not occur in LGBTQ plus communities or relationships. Keep wanting to say communities. Um, so I apologize, but relationships. Um, or potential homophobia from staff of service providers or from the non-LGBTQ plus domestic violence victims that they may come in contact with. Lack of appropriate training regarding LGBTQ plus domestic violence for service providers. And if this is something, if you are a member of um, like an organization and you're listening to our podcast, please reach out to um, MCASA or even the Maryland Network Against Domestic Violence. Um, Both of them have really good trainings that do encompass um, the LGBTQ plus community. Um, And so that's just my little plug. So if you need some more research. That's very appreciated. (laughs) Yes, um, because we can all learn more is the way I look at it. So if there are these places that are providing these trainings, please, as a community, we need to educate ourselves. Um, So a fear of airing the problems among the LGBTQ plus population will take away from progress toward equality or fuel anti-LGBTQ biases. So what we're saying is talk about it. Mm -hmm. Like have a conversation about it. Um. And even domestic violence shelters are typically female only and transgendered individuals may not be allowed entrance due to their gender, genitalia, or legal status. So that is kind of a barrier that um, people can run into as well. Mm -hmm. And again, the dangers of associated with outing oneself and risking rejection from family, friends, or even society. And the lack of or survivors being unaware of LGBTQ-friendly assistance resources. Which we're about to help you with momentarily. (laughs) Momentarily. We will help you try to figure that out. Um, And then low levels of confidence in the effectiveness of the legal system for LGBTQ plus community members. Which is also a big one. Um, We had talked about fear of the police. Um, If you're in this community, people not believing you, but even looking at the legal system um, can be Trump, like can be very traumatic or even um, fear that they won't believe them. Like that the judge, if you're going to get a protective order, won't believe the abuse is happening or that it wasn't consensual. 
or things like that. So that can definitely add another barrier. Mm-hmm. And to, um, to wrap this episode up on a positive note, we want to give you some resources that we found online. So to start in the most local way possible, we'll bring up PFLAG Leonardtown. Um, we have some of their paperwork actually in office. If anyone wanted a brochure, if you're here in person at any point, mm-hmm. um, they're located in St. Mary's County, but they do represent all of Southern Maryland. PFLAG Leonardtown is an all-volunteer organization run by parents, family members, LGBTQ plus individuals, and their friends. Um, Each of them came for help, found support, and joined the organization to assist others on their journey to acceptance. The PFLAG National Organization provides assistance to over 500 independent chapters nationwide. And I actually, I did not know that about PFLAG was that it was um, parents, family members, other individuals and their friends. I think that is phenomenal that it's all built on these types of people and community that are here to help other individuals is just fantastic to me. Mm -hmm. And and what's great too, is that PFLAG has been established for such a long time. They they have a lot of experience. It would be a great place to go if you need someone. Mm-hmm. And another that I found online was um, the LGBT National Help Center. They provide free and confidential telephone and internet peer counseling, information and local services for gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, and questioning callers throughout the U.S. Oh, that's great, too. Yep. And um, all the links are going to be in that episode description. So if you want to click on that website or see a phone number, we'll have that listed there for you. Okay, great. Um, and a couple others that we had were the National Center for Trans- Transgendered Equality. I can't speak today. I apologize. Let me try that again. National Center for Transgendered Equality. The NCTE is a national social justice organization devoted to ending discrimination and violence against transgendered people through education and advocacy on national issues of importance to transgendered people. Awesome. Yeah. So they have, it's a mouthful to say, but they have so many great resources as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the network LA read is a survivor led social justice organization that works to end partner abuse in lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered BDSM, polyamorous, and queer communities. It's rooted in anti-oppressive principles. Uh, Their work aims to create a world where all all people are free from oppression. They strengthen the communities through organizing, education, and the provision of supportive services. So that organization includes different communities as well as kind of bringing them all together, um, which is a very great organization. Yep. And then there's one more, this DC local, sorry, go ahead. (laughs) No, I'm getting ready to say we have one more that's actually DC local. So (laughs) we're reading each other's minds. Um, So it's called the show me love and it's in DC. I think it's show me love DC. I think is the full name. Um, It's a campaign that raises awareness about healthy relationships and provides resources for LGBTQ survivors of intimate partner violence. So awesome. 
again, we've thrown a lot of statistics and a lot of resources at you guys, um, but they're all helpful. They're all helpful. And additionally, if you're Charles County local, there's always us, our CAP 24-7 crisis hotline, and that's 301-645-3336. And if you're even just curious um, about us and what we do, or even how we could help a member of the LGBTQ plus community, please give us a call. Or even if you are nearby and um, you wanted to come into our center and just kind of see what we're all about, you can definitely do that right now. We're doing by appointment only. So we would still ask that you call us, um, but we could definitely assist you with that. Awesome. Well, I've, I've been actually pretty excited to do this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I'm a thinking long time like it's, it's halfway through June. So let's go ahead since it's pride month and make sure that we're putting that out there. Yes. But um, thank you so much for listening. And as usual, we'll tell you if you want to know any more updates about what center for abuse persons is doing, you can check our website, you can check our social media, or you can always give us a call if you need some resources. And if you guys have anything that you would like to listen to us talk about, if it's related to our services in any way, we will definitely do an episode on that for you. Yep. So thank you for listening and we will talk to you next week. Bye Bye, everyone.